Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 75, How Family Relationships Can F Up Caregiving. This content was taken from my monthly free webinar that was done a couple of weeks ago. I've struggled with some of this content and with some technology over the last couple of weeks, and I think I've worked out the bug. So I apologize for the gap in the podcasting. This is the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast, where I explain how caregivers can lovingly respond to confusing or challenging behaviors and reconnect with family members living with dementia. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the monthly virtual dementia education and support sessions. I'm Rita Jablonski, and I am your host for tonight. Our topic is how family relationships can make dementia caregiving, caregiving, can't talk, even more challenging. Casey Musgrove, one of my favorite artists, has a great song called Family is Family. I'm not going to sing it, but there's a verse that seems to resonate with many of us. They own too much wicker and drink too much liquor. You'd wash your hands of them, but bud's always thicker. You might just look like them. That doesn't mean you're like them, but you love them. You can't live without them. You might talk about them, but if someone else does, well, you'll knock them out because when it's all said and done, they're the only ones you've got. And I think Casey pretty much captures the relationships that we have with each other and the fact that we may not like our family members, but we try to love them. And there are other priceless stanzas in that song, and I heartily recommend listening to that song on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen to your music. I think it's a great song that really captures how your family drives you crazy at times. I've always told my children that I love them. My love never stopped. But to be fair, there were times I really did not like them, and I know the feelings were mutual. After all, my children saw me before my first cup of coffee and after my second glass of wine. And same for my siblings. I love seeing my brothers, but we regress back to old patterns of behavior and start teasing each other. And it starts out funny, but sometimes lighthearted banter can get a little too deep. Family relationships can mess with dementia caregiving on so many levels. First, you have that combination of pre-dementia personalities and pre-dementia family relationships. For example, maybe you find yourself caring for a family member with whom you had a lot of conflicts pre-dementia. Maybe it is a super critical parent who always compared you to that other perfect, could do no wrong sibling. A sibling who is now nowhere to be found now that your parent needs 24-hour care. Your mom, let's say, has been diagnosed with dementia and you swear that she is an ungrateful bitch because she is always complaining about everything you do. 
you are doing everything you can. You have put your life on hold to live with her and provide the help she needs. And all she does is complain, complain, complain. If this is your situation, whether it's your mom, your dad, a sibling, another relative, an in-law, I have some information for you that may help. Your parent or your care recipient, in this case, the parent who is hypercritical, is going off of old default behaviors and brain recordings. Here's the thing about dementia, except for frontotemporal. Dementia amplifies many of the personality imperfections. Someone who was a control freak becomes even more so as they try to navigate the new dementia world. Someone who dealt with anxiety by going for a walk now moves constantly around the house. A critical parent experiencing dementia may become even worse. So going back to the child mom example, if you and your mom had a chance to go to therapy pre-dementia, both of you may have learned that there was love there, misguided perhaps, behind the criticism. Maybe your mom was rough on you because she saw incredible potential for you or in you and wanted you to reach it. Now, criticism is a yucky way of doing this, but maybe that was how she was raised and this was her only way to show love to you. Or maybe you remind your parent of him or herself and instead of working through their own shit while you were growing up, they fussed at you and with dementia haphazardly erasing some memories while others stay intact, your parent is like one of those children's toys. You know, the dolls where you pull the cord and the doll says something or Teddy Ruxpin. It's a glorified recorder with maybe 50 pre-recorded sentences that are vague enough to make sense, but yet not too specific enough to interfere with the flow of conversation. Children thought that Teddy Ruxpin was alive because the responses always seemed to make sense, but it was nothing but a toy with a decent library of pre-recorded sentences that just randomly popped up. And that a lot of times is what you're dealing with a difficult family member who is always fussing at you, telling you you can do nothing as a caregiver. Oftentimes there's all these pre-recorded phrases and sentences that simply show up. So for example, if you're dealing with a hypercritical dad and you say to your dad, no dad, you know, you can't drive. Maybe you're gonna get an automatic recording. Oh yeah, you think you know best. Maybe that's what your dad said to you every time you argued with him or wanted to do something he didn't approve of. Yeah, yeah, you think you know it all. And that may still tweak or push your buttons. So this is why it is important to not engage or argue with a parent or, oh, excuse me, with a parent or loved one who is pushing your buttons. 
your mom or dad is spewing out old recordings, but these recordings still hurt. And as soon as your parent gets rolling, you become that powerless eight-year-old or that angry teenager. Here you are giving up all aspects of your life to be a dutiful son or daughter. And all your parent can do is complain that he or she doesn't need your help. Why are you here? You are so mean. Why are you so mean? Those recordings are still pushing your buttons, which sucks. The sad things about relationships is that we are really good at hurting each other, even in the advanced stages of dementia. If this is your experience, please find a good therapist or psychiatric nurse practitioner or pastor or someone who understands crappy family dynamics and dementia family caregiving. Many do online appointments. The more you realize that these things that are coming out of your family member's mouth are old recordings and not a reflection of the quality of your care, the better you will feel. Now, the next question I get is, what if your family member is complaining about you to others? I see this a lot where long distance family members call the person living with dementia on the phone and the person living with dementia sounds oh so reasonable. I experienced this firsthand when I was caring for my relative Mary. Her daughter-in-law who lived on the West Coast and had not seen or visited her in 20 years would call regularly. Here I would be sitting in the dining room which was out of Mary's line of vision at the dining room table. And I would be doing my work and Mary would be sitting in her recliner, maybe not 10 feet away, but again, out of our, my line of vision. And I could hear her telling Karen, her daughter-in-law that, oh, I've been alone for hours and I have no idea where Rita is. Meanwhile, I'm using FMLA and burning up my sick and vacation time to care for her. My career at the time was taking a huge negative hit and I could feel my anger and resentment just boiling over. Then as soon as Mary finished the phone call, my cell phone would ring and Karen would be fussing at me. You shouldn't leave her alone. She has dementia. Don't you know any better? And I know better, but it pushed my button and I would lose it. Next thing I know, I have my cell phone and I'm FaceTiming Karen and showing her Mary, even though I knew better. And I would be confronting Mary at the same time while FaceTiming Karen saying, I'm right here. Why are you lying about me? Why are you telling Karen I'm not here? And then Mary would get this deer in headlights confused look and literally just burst into tears. And I wound up feeling like crap because I knew better. But even though I knew better, my emotions were still being triggered. 
And now I realize I was doing the exact same thing I advise others not to do. I was holding Mary accountable for a behavior that was dementia driven and Mary had real no, really no control over it. Mary was trying to make sense of her dementia world while repeating old patterns of behavior. In her world, time took on a whole new meaning and she really believed that she was alone. Meanwhile, Karen was engaging in her usual pattern of behavior, second guessing everyone involved in Mary's own care while offering zero help. And then there's me allowing Karen to trigger my own securities about not being good enough and wanting approval from others. So when I talk about this topic, I made the same mistakes because I am human as well. Part of me knew that Mary was operating off of old pre-recorded memories, but the vulnerable caregiver part of me felt the pain and the emotions. The sad part is there isn't much you can do or should do if your loved one complains about you to others. There, there's really no way to really fight that. And that, that's pretty difficult. Another way that family relationships can interfere with dementia caregiving is dividing responsibilities between family members, often siblings who have a history of being unable to work together. Dad decides one adult child is his financial power of attorney, while another adult child is the healthcare proxy. This arrangement can be difficult. Don't get me wrong. There are amazing families out there who can work together for the good of the person living with dementia. But if you are in a situation where there is a lot of tension and disagreement because of a dysfunctional distribution of responsibilities and resources, you may need to seek legal advice in order to provide adequate care. This is especially important if you are providing the actual care but another sibling or family member is in charge of the finances and is not providing the level of financial support needed. I saw this dynamic in action a few years ago. There were several siblings and the youngest who had school-age children had lost her job. Mom was moving into the moderate stage of dementia and required continuous supervision. All the siblings got together and thought this would be great. The youngest daughter will move in with mom and take care of her. And meanwhile, youngest daughter and her kids aren't homeless. So that's what happened. But mom did not have internet and the school age children were in a position where they needed internet to go online and complete school projects and homework. The daughter who was mom's caregiver and was also unemployed and had no resources used mom's money to pay for the internet because her children or because her children needed internet for school. The 
And I have to apologize. Amira just found a squeaky toy and she wants to play co-host. Now, mind you, this squeaky toy has been in her possession all day and she has not touched it, but she wants to join. Amira, come on. Well, anyway, the daughter who was unemployed and had no resources used mom's money to pay for the internet because her children needed the internet for school. And the other siblings were so upset about the youngest daughter spending mom's money. And it got to a point where it came up in one of the clinic visits. And I pointed out to the siblings during a family meeting that there needed to be a budget for reasonable expenses for the in-home caregiver. Yes, the daughter was living in mom's house but she was providing $12,000 to $15,000 worth of care every month. That would be what the family would be paying for around-the-clock dementia care to strangers who may or may not show up, who may or may not be mistreating their mother. And the caregiving daughter needed a monthly stipend for her own expenses in addition to funds for groceries and other household expenses. So the siblings, when I mentioned, you know, what they would be paying out of pocket, they suddenly decided that, you know what, we need to work out a fair budget for the caregiving daughter. And so they did. The final scenario that I see a lot is you have a family member living with the person with dementia and the person with dementia may have resources, may or may not have resources, but they tend to wander and leave the house. So the caregiver who is there has to be very creative about putting locks on the door and limiting the person's ability to leave the house. Then you get another family member who doesn't come by the house, has no idea what's going on, but might be getting phone calls from the person living with dementia and the person living with dementia may be telling them things like, oh, I'm a prisoner in the house. She locks me up. She won't feed me, et cetera. And so they call police. And I've had this situation where the police have shown up at a home where a caregiver was providing care. And as soon as the police officer walked in, they looked around and they're like, no, everything's fine. Or the family member would explain, look, we have to put locks on the doors because he leaves. And so we have to put stuff up high and we have to do this. And we have to do that. So if you're in a situation where you are caring for family members and you're afraid another family member is going to be calling law enforcement and making allegations that you are mistreating the individual, you can get ahead of it by calling law, like calling law enforcement yourself and saying, here's the situation and giving law enforcement permission to contact the provider, even reaching out to the provider and asking them to submit a letter on your behalf to law enforcement. Those are some options that you have. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will be more diligent in the future about getting my technology worked out. And there are some 
things coming up. The next monthly free education and support webinar will be the first Monday in May, which is May 1st. And I am in the process of launching a, I guess you would call it a, a, a program for people, for, for dementia caregivers. And this program will be comprised of pre-recorded content plus one plus group coaching sessions. And it would only be for the people enrolled in the program. So more information will be coming up in the next podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening and for everyone's support. If you have any comments, please leave them on Spotify. There's a place to leave comments. And if you have any caregiving questions or situations, I would appreciate hearing from you. And I do look forward to getting your emails. Take care, and I'll see you at the next podcast. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your B, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.